Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today on This Week Health. Having some ability to disconnect mm -hmm. with technology, whether it's turning off your video when clearly you're not participating, say, at that point is, I think, really good for well-being. And we need to think about how do you allow people to disconnect. That break, I think, is really, really important. Welcome to Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. For five years, we've been making podcasts that amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show partners, Meditech and Transparent, for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. Welcome to the This Week Health Community Town Hall Conversation. I'm Reed Steffen, VP and CIO at St. Luke's Health System in Boise, Idaho. And I'm joined today by Dr. Mike Pfeffer, CIO at Stanford Healthcare and Stanford University School of Medicine. Mike, Happy New Year and thank you for making the time. Thanks, Reed. Happy New Year as well. It's always a pleasure to get to chat with you. So take just a minute and introduce Stanford Healthcare for listeners who likely know the name, but may not be familiar with the full scope of services you provide. Sure. Stanford Healthcare is really an amazing organization situated in the Bay Area. And we have outpatient clinics throughout Redwood City, Palo Alto, the South Bay, and are really, really interested in being uniquely Stanford, innovative, and putting patients at the center of our care. So it, it's truly an incredible place and really attracts truly innovative physicians focused on research, education, and patient care. And I always love to ask guests, and I think in your case with your medical background and the CIO role, I'm really interested to hear your story, but just share with our listeners your education background, your career path, like how did you end up in the role you have today? So I'm an internal medicine physician by training. And actually, if we go back even further than that, I did chemical engineering as my major in college because I really like the idea of process improvement mm -hmm. and really thinking about how do we make something better and do it in a way that's sustainable, that's scalable, and that's reproducible. And so when I moved into medicine, I really loved that connection with patients, science, and art to kind of bring that all together. But I was frustrated with the way that we were operating in the paper world and that we could be potentially so much more efficient and thoughtful about what we do if we could harness technology. And that's kind of how I got involved into health IT. I became part of the project to implement the electronic health record at UCLA Health, which was an amazing experience. Got to really understand technology, how it could really improve patient care and how we think about kind of the future of medicine. And so that led me to be where I am today in health IT. Okay. Well, that's good for Stanford and good for the healthcare industry. So wonderful. I think it's such a unique blend when you've got the deep medical expertise in the CIO role. I just think it's a really compelling combination of talents and abilities that, that benefits everybody, even outside of Stanford. You and I were at an event last year and you were sharing something that 
continues to kind of occupy some thought space in my mind. You were talking about sustainability, which is something a lot of organizations are talking about and focused on. What I loved about what you shared, though, is sometimes sustainability can feel more aspirational. Sometimes it feels like sustainability theater rather than something pragmatic and applicable. And you shared a narrative that really resonated with me and something that I've taken back and we've had some progress here at St. Luke's as well. Will you take a few minutes and just kind of share that conversation and maybe what you've done even since we talked about it? Sure, absolutely. I can't take much credit for this because sustainability at Stanford University is something that's near and dear to what we believe. And that really was the catalyst to think about how do we kind of learn from the university, Stanford Healthcare, that's done a lot of work in this space, really focus on the information technology side of things and make it a part of everything we do. So when we think about where we're going to purchase equipment or what is our data center going to look like? Where is it going to be? All the way to, you know, how do you think about using software and technologies to improve the way we use energy with our equipment? And on the biomedical engineering side, which is part of our technology and digital solutions organization, there's tremendous opportunity to think about sustainability in terms of reusable tubing lines, all of these things. How can we do that better? So, Within the organization, we decided that this would become one of our strategic pillars of thinking about, okay, how do we really understand what we're doing in sustainability and then decide how we're going to move the needle on this and not try to boil the ocean, literally, I guess that's a bad analogy when talking about sustainability, but make sure that we're focused on a couple things a year that we can measure and then show improvement and then decide, okay, what are we going to do next? And so what we've developed is a sustainability committee within the IT organization that reports up to me and my leadership team such that we get kind of quarterly updates and discussions on sustainability. It's part of our organizational strategic plan in IT. And it's really been an exciting way to kind of bring people together in the organization to think about this. I think one of the key things I will say is the partnership that we have with the sustainability office at Stanford Healthcare and in the university at large, because being part of something bigger to really move the needle is, is really critical. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. We don't want to try to do yeah. things solely by ourselves, but it's really about learning, collaborating, partnering, and then making it part of the fabric of what we do in IT, and then making sure we measure it and improve kind of from that stance. Yeah. Can we talk just for a little bit? One of the examples that you shared was around the use of video in virtual meetings and just some simple kind of guidelines and patterns there that can make a meaningful difference. Will you share a bit about that? Sure. So again, I think the actual numbers can be a little debatable, but video technology requires a lot more energy than voice. So if you think about it, if there's a 500 person meeting and you're showing PowerPoints, why does everybody else need to be on video. And you could even coalesce it down to a 20 person meeting. If someone's presenting PowerPoints, have everybody turn off their video who's not presenting. And then when the PowerPoints come down and you're going to have a discussion, then everybody can turn on their video. And it's it's little things like that. How do you utilize energy, you know, monitoring technologies to turn on and off monitors or computers when they're not being used? And so mm -hmm. we're looking at things like that in order to make small but meaningful changes in the way that we think about sustainability. 
If you have yet to hear, we are doing webinars differently. We got your feedback. You wanted us to focus on community generated topics, topics that were relevant to you in your role. We have gone out and gotten the best contributors that we possibly can. They are not product focused. They are only available live and we try to have them at a consistent time the first Thursday of every month with some exceptions. And the next <laughs> March happens to be that exception. March 2nd, I'm on vacation. So March 9th is going to be our next webinar, March 9th at one o'clock Eastern time. And we're going to do a leadership series on the changing nature of work. We're going to talk about a couple of things. One is the remote distribution of health IT staff and what we have to do from a management standpoint in that regard. We're also going to talk about the lack of staff specifically in the clinical areas and technicians and whatnot, and what the role health care and technology in particular is going to play with regard to that. Love to have you sign up. Our first two webinars we've done this year have been fantastic. Over 200 people signing up for each one of them, and we expect just as many for this one. This is a great conversation and great panelists. We have Trisha Julian, Baptist Health System out of Kentucky, Will Weeder, Peace Health, and Andy Crowder with Atrium Health are going to join us for this discussion. And I've talked to each of them about this topic and I love their insights and look forward to sharing them with you. If you wanna sign up, hit our website, top right-hand corner. We always have the next webinar listed. Just go ahead and sign up, put your question in there and we'll incorporate it into the discussion. Look forward to seeing you then. Yeah, I think for me, what I really loved about the angle with virtual meetings is not only does that, I think, provide benefit for the sustainability of just energy consumption and good for the planet. But we've also found like sustainability for the humans involved, because what we heard was people, we had kind of adopted this attitude of that's how we measure engagement. So if you're in a meeting, whether there's five people or 500, your video's on so we can see that you're listening and watching and participating. And as we've talked to employees, and have introduced this kind of concept of let's be sustainable and let's be wise about the use of videos. One of the side benefits is employees saying, it's so nice to not feel kind of this pressure to always have my camera on. Because if I'm in a meeting with a live meeting, I can kind of gauge who's looking at me and I've got time to kind of just naturally, you know, scratch my face or, or not worry about like who's looking at me. Or if I'm on a meeting, I don't know like who's looking. So I feel like I'm always on and there's this physical and emotional and mental fatigue that sets in. So we found that this kind of, it kind of ticked both boxes for us and it was so simple. And I thought, well, why did it take like a meeting to have someone else share this really obvious idea? So my hope is that what you just shared might be a catalyst for others to not, as you said, and maybe it's the wrong kind of analogy, but the description works. Don't boil the ocean. Like you don't have right. to do everything. Right. There's small things you can do that will add up and make a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. And the point about having some ability to disconnect mm -hmm. with technology, whether it's turning off your video when clearly you're not participating, say, at that point in the meeting or whatever, is, I think, really good for well-being. And one of the things I think in general technology and we need to think about is how do you allow people to disconnect? That break, I think, is really, really important. So it's a it's a really good point. And it reduces the amount of stress and anxiety about having yeah. to stare back at a camera, which is not really a natural thing that we're really used to doing. Like you said, an in-person meeting, that level of being watched is not there. So I, I agree with you. I think there's secondary benefits as well. Yeah, here's another simple one that we're, we're kind of piloting, but we've had some good results so far. And it didn't stem from 
a sustainability specific focus, but that there's some residual benefit. The focus was people started to say, man, now that I'm more kind of remote and hybrid, my day is just like back to back to back to back. Like I don't have breaks between meetings like I normally would when I was in the office. And so we've just kind of adjusted. And instead of going on a 30 minute and 60 minute kind of typical meeting cadence, we do 25 minutes and 45 or 50 minutes just to give people that time to decompress and transition between meetings. But then we've also realized, well, we're also shortening kind of the energy consumption then of the meeting technology in those meetings. So it all kind of can build and work together yeah. for the benefit yeah. of the entire ecosystem, which is great. Yeah, that's a great idea. We've tried that on and off, and sometimes it sticks for a little while yeah. and it goes back. Yeah. And I've found that starting the meetings later as opposed to ending them early actually works pretty well because when you try to end them early or it's the 45 minute mark, people are like, oh, we, we've got a couple more minutes to go to yeah. the end. But if you start later, there's this mental kind of yeah, there's a finish model line. that you have to end at the 30 or 60 minute mark. But yeah, I think that those are great ideas. And the CIO for the university here at Stanford does a really great thing when we have our CIO council. There's like a 30 minute kind of open session where you can log into Zoom and just chat with your colleagues. And it's kind of mm -hmm. built into the way the meeting works. And it's a very intentional kind of water cooler type of setup yeah. that I think is really important to think about as we continue to learn about this hybrid working world that we're in. Yeah. Well, thank you for all that you're doing there, Stanford, and to kind of share with us and our listeners just some ideas for ways that we can all in our environments and in our our hospitals or health systems. There's just little things we can do that will benefit sustainability efforts at large. So great insight. Last question. So yes. start of the new year. And again, this we're not going to hold you to this. This isn't like a, an ironclad guarantee. But what is one prediction you have in the year 2023 for healthcare? So I'm going to use kind of the same thing we've seen we've just been talking about. I okay. think healthcare is going to be focused on sustainability. And the reason is, I think it's not just about how can we reduce energy consumption, but it's about health. And we know that if we don't have a sustainable way we do things, a planet that we can live on, health is going to be the first thing that's going to be compromised. So I think this is going to be a big theme in 2023, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It really highlights the need for us all as an industry to say we are going to tackle sustainability and climate change. Okay. Great. Well, you wouldn't use the word guarantee, but I think that's a pretty safe prediction for this year. So I can certainly wrap my arms around that. Mike, thank you for your time. Great conversation, great insights. Appreciate you and enjoy the rest of your year. Thanks so much, Reed. You too. Always a pleasure to chat. Gosh, I really love this show. I love hearing what workers and leaders on the front lines are doing. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. If you want to support This Week Health, the best way to do that is to let someone else know about our channels. Let them know you're listening to it and you are getting value. We have two channels, This Week Health Conference and This Week Health Newsroom. You can check them out today. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find them on our website, thisweekhealth.com, and you can subscribe there as well. We also want to thank our show partners, Meditech and Transparent, for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.